Welcome to Standing By, an after-show special with our star-studded cast of The Bystanders, hosted by creators Jacqueline Hales, Ash Lindsayan, and myself, Heather Morris. Our guest today is an Emmy and Tony award-winning superstar, a versatile actress with the voice of an angel, our dream leading lady, and probably our favorite interview so far, Kristen Chenoweth. <gasps> Enjoy! Well, Frankie, I was just telling your dad here a story about a fairy princess whose fairy father did some illegal things um, according to the state of Wisconsin and was going to be put in a dungeon. All right. Ooh. Frankie, why don't you... So he was a bad fairy father? No, no. Yes. And even worse, the night before he was supposed to report to the dungeon, he kidnapped his fairy daughter so uh, she wouldn't be put into foster care and eventually become a hooker. All right, that's enough of that story. Oh, okay. I'll tell you the rest of the story some other time, Frankie. Okay. Smiling oh faces. Sore eyes. Oh, oh hello. How are you? Throwing all right. How y'all doing? Uh, Hang in there. Black yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Lock> on. on. <laughs> it is another day. Living the life. <laughs> Thank God I'm we. Having, I'm having a Dr. Pepper, and I'm not. I'm not being paid, and I'm wearing a a um electric blanket because I have on no pants and you can, you can print that in your thing. I, I, this is on camera. I have no makeup on, but, but chapstick. This is left over from a hair, from a, um, I did a concert, a, a Capitol record deal from two days ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're living the dream, Kristen. You are living, but honestly, that's how all of us want to live. You know no. what I mean? You're probably tired, no but pants like, on, yeah. Giving yourself a Dr. Pepper and not wearing pants. Let's all take our pants off. Let's do it. It's all pants off. Pants off party. All pants off, Sash. I saw your Instagram video where you drink that Coke and then you burp. <laughs> I was dying laughing because I am so guilty of that. First of all, people think that I faked it. That was a real, like from the, from my vagina burp. Like, <laughs> I mean, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it happened. I was talking to my agent. We were doing FaceTime. And so I, no, not FaceTime. I was making him a video because I do, I'm a night owl. So Heather knows this about me. I, I'm awake at night. So I do all my business. And then people wake up and they're like, hmm, was this an ambient video or was this a real Kristen? Like, was this? Which one? It was, it was actually real. I was drinking a Coke and coloring and writing a book and um, yeah. it just flew out of me. Like it, it came out of me. It was a sniper from the side. Like I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. I love those. <laughs> and I'm glad you caught it on tape too. So you shared it, which is even better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. How are you guys doing? We're good. We're yeah. yeah we're like it's crunch time. Yeah, we're coming we're, to the finish line and we're so working. excited. Okay. So I heard the Jordan and I heard the thing. What do you call teaser? it? Yes. It's fabulous. Oh, you're going to, so you're going to burp from your vagina when you hear <laughs> the actual first two episodes. But when you hear it, you're going to love like the musical aspect of it. It well, feels like this play is opening up in, yeah. like, in your ears. It's like the curtains are opening and it's just this. It's so fun. It's really I'm fun. I'm so proud. I'm so proud of you. Thank it's you. good. Yes. It is really good. 
I know. We think so. Yeah, <laughs> we think so, and we, we know it's good. Yeah, we have an amazing cool. group of people that have come together and just been yeah. so excited. I mean, the cast, the crew, everybody. We just mm-hmm. it's been so fun. I bet you guys have learned so much. You said it in how many words that was. Oh, yeah. So much. We were just talking about that on the drive over here of just, yeah, just all the things for next time that you just pick up along the way. The learning curve. We've never done this before. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, yeah. And you did it on a high level and that's what you should be doing. So thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Loved your late night videos. Well, have I sent you one, Heather, yet? Not super late, no. They've been, like, just going to bedtime. Okay. <laughs> but for you, if you were in New York, I mean, that's, like... Have I had my ambient? I don't know. <laughs> that, will become, that will be coming soon toward you. And you're welcome. Okay. Do you, you make <laughs> your late night videos and send them to friends? Is this what you do? Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. One day, I was doing the West Wing one day, what, 20 years ago? I was really hungry. Apparently I'd, I'd taken an Ambien and I woke up with a chicken wing and a pop tart <laughs> <laughs> and I had grease all down here. And then I was like, what the, f-? and then I went into the kitchen and there was like soup had been made. And I had a roommate at the time, my friend, Ann Nathan had come Broadway actress had come in to, to audition and she was staying with me. And I go, Hey, Ann, listen, I just want to talk about, I don't, you can eat any, my house is your house, eat anything I have, but if you're going to cook, like, you know, just because of ants and you know, the LA thing, I go, just put your stuff away. She goes, girl, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> so when like, you take an Ambien, you literally knock out, like you can't remember anything. It's like blackout drunk. What? So I've never taken one. So I wouldn't know. Oh, it's the best thing in the world. If you, want, if you, if you, I don't do drugs and I, I don't say that with a, a thing. I just don't do them. I work all the time. And one thing I have to have is sleep. When you don't eat, you, you should not, you have to eat at the right dinner time and then you won't ambient eat. I call it ambient eating. I've also, I've also ambient tweeted. Um, and I hid my phone from my own self before because I did a, I was a fairy godmother on a cruise ship. I can't talk about it. Um, and my picture remains there. It's, it's a thing. It's a big thing in their world. I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't, I want to talk about it anyway. I tweeted because I saw 2020 in the middle of the night on ambient, these honey honeymooners went on a cruise and one came back and one didn't one pushed the other one overboard. And I went on as the fairy godmother, not, not realizing that like next week it's going to be announced. I said, whatever you do, don't go on cruise. You'll never come back alive. So Royal Caribbean's like, bing dong. Hi. Um, listen, you can't be making those kinds of tweets. I'm like, what tweet? So anyway, this happened. Um, I've gotten better. I eat now at a time where I'm not hungry when I go to bed. So then I don't get up and eat. That's the trick. It's not a bad drug. It does help you sleep. You shouldn't take it all the time, but when you do, it's amazing. Well, <laughs> it is. You need it because you are, like you said, you're active at night and you're awake. So you have to go to sleep in order to function. And also you, you girls work. I work. When am I going to sleep? Mm-hmm. How do I turn off my brain? Yes. When I, one night, you're going to appreciate this. I was just in Canada not long ago doing this show called Schmigadoon. And I couldn't sleep, but I couldn't, I didn't want to take the Ambien every night. 
I did a whole series of Hallmark cards. I wrote. Wait. Yes. Yes. Oh, you oh. wrote Hallmark cards. Yeah. I was, <laughs> like, today's the day. I'm a Hallmark card writer. I can't yeah. turn this off. So that's fancy and free and almost amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's scary like, is no. they're interested. I'm like, no, no, no. I I don't have time to launch a a, <laughs> a card. But anyway, you I send get, it to Homer. <laughs> uh, my manager is dealing with other. Yes, they love it. Um, some of them are a little naughty. Oh. So um, they're sending them to other card vendors, and they're like, "Yes, we want to." I'm like, "I don't, I don't have time to." <laughs> <laughs> I don't need another child to, to take care of. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so we've all seen Sophie's Choice, right? No description needed. <laughs> now, if Broadway and TV were your two children, who would you say is your favorite? <laughs> Who gets to die? <laughs> this interview, I promise not to go on and on, but that when you when you just said Sophie's Choice, I just need to tell you one story about my mother. Sorry. I love the movie very much, um, and obviously we know we know what it's about. I made her watch it. This was many years ago, and she is smart. My mom is smart. She she says things sometimes like. She looked in the TV guy and she's like, what's this miniseries? I was like, miniseries? <laughs> she just gets words wrong, you know? But she said, so we watched the whole movie of Sophie's Choice. And at the end, she goes, I loved it. Oh my gosh, what a what a heartfelt. You know, she's a sweet Southern lady. She's but I, I'm wondering, what was the choice? <laughs> I'm more like, oh, Mom, so much. <laughs> Mom. So my choice between Broadway and um, television, it's it's kind of, um, I, I'm not going to say either. I'm going to say it has, my my choice is to be in front of a live audience. Oh, oh yeah. Way like around that. it. Mm. Way around it. It's true. There's something about a live audience, that energy you're getting off. I grew up There's doing theater and it, it was such a difference. I had to to learn how to act to a camera as opposed to the last row of the theater and those differences, but the, the energy you get off of mm-hmm. an audience. That's why I always thought um, doing like a sitcom with a live audience could be so fun because you're getting a little bit of both best of both worlds. Yeah, totally. I mean, and speaking of stage and a live audience, and you know the term the show must go on. Um, as a fellow stage performer, we all have those moments where in a play, like, something happens, something goes awry and you have to just push through. Like one time I was in 12th night in college. Playing, oh, I love 12th night. Yes, playing, playing Olivia. And I fell asleep in that huge gap she has in the middle of the play. And my, oh, I fell asleep in the middle. It was like, it, I know, I know. I, well, I went to, literally, it was like a half hour till I she took an ambient. And, and I was, I was in my, like a dressing room and I was just like, okay, 10 minutes. I just, I got to die. It was like finals in college. I was exhausted. And then, um, sure enough, someone's banging on the door. Jacqueline, 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 Jacqueline. And I run up, I run up there. I knew immediately I run up and I go on stage and it was the best performance I've ever done because my adrenaline was so high and I knew. And then afterwards, like all of the other players were like, we had to improv Shakespeare for like (laughs) eight minutes. (laughs) Improv Shakespeare. Yeah. Talk about flop, sweat, and diarrhea. I would die. Oh my god! I, I I was I didn't know how to apologize, but ultimately, no one in the audience knew because no one knows Shakespeare yeah. by heart. And luckily, a lot of them were you know very skilled. They had prepped from school like other monologues. They just started spouting out Shakespeare. Wow. <laughs> the show must go on. I'm pretty damn impressed that you can like 
I'd be like, where art thou, you? I, I would be terrible. <laughs> I was very impressed with that. So question being, I want to hear some of your show must go on moments. Okay, well, there's, first of all, Jordan was like, do you want to hear their, their questions before? And I was like, not really, because I like to just, but there, there, yeah, but there are so many. But the one that, that stands out um, is controversial, and there's been lots of rumors about it. Oh, <laughs> is it like a Janet Justin moment where like the nipple comes out? <laughs> I wish, I wish it was the nipple. It would have been so much better. Oh, shoot. Um, so in Wicked, uh, I was in Glenda, the original Glenda in Wicked. And I, five minutes before the show, had to go up in the bubble past everybody else. You know, the, the, there's, the, there's the guys on the first level, the guys on the second. And I, I don't love heights. And, um, I had injured my neck. Heather knows that I've had, I've had a few injuries in my career, but that's just life in the theater. I think, um, I had two bulging discs and, um, I was pretty much like, you don't miss, you know, you don't miss Kristen. You just don't miss work. And I, my arm had gone numb and my hands were tingly. Because of the because of the neck, and I'll try to not draw this out too much. I have never taken. Why am I talking about like drugs? Um, I don't. I have to work, so I don't take pain medication. I've never had pain, anything more than Tylenol at this point. Right. So I went to see. I had an MRI and everything, and he's like, "You're going to have to take a week off." And my producer's like, "Wrong." And so I, um, and, and I didn't want to miss, you know, we, we hadn't even opened, we were previewing oh, and shoot. Oh my gosh, yeah. I, yeah. So I'm, I've got the numb hand tingly arm and, um, I go up and uh, I've gone to see my doctor and he said, we're going to do pain management. And I thought he meant like, I didn't know what pain management meant, but he yeah. said, I'm going to give you, um, you're going to have to take an anti-inflammatory and a muscle relaxer so that you can know. And, and he said, and you're, he didn't take into account that I'm 4'11 and, you know, very petite. Um, he d- also didn't really work with a lot of Broadway people. I was, I was, I remember it was between shows. Okay. A Saturday thing. Mm-hmm. And I was, and he said, and, and you also should take, so this is a trio. That, that, and then Vicodin. Now, I've never had anything like this. Okay. I'd only had Tylenol. Oh, oh my God. No. Muscle relaxer and a Vicodin. <laughs> a Vicodin. From a doctor. <laughs> yeah. So my very first, so my recollection is I took it. I said, is it okay to take it before? And he goes, yeah, take it right before the show. And then it'll probably, you'll start to feel it, but, but you'll be able to function. And I was like, okay, well, I'm doing what the doctor tells me. Yeah. So I get in the bubble. I take the medication a half hour. I get in the bubble to go up. And I, I remember waving to the people as I'm going up. And then I'm up there and I'm feeling so happy. And the bubble machine starts up there and I'm floating down. And my very first line is, there's two lines. It's good to see me, isn't it? And then there's a big laugh usually. And then the second line is the wicked witch of the West is dead. I remember floating down in the bubble and I remember the bubbles were there and I had my wand and I started apparently popping them. <laughs> and 
And I remember thinking, oh, no, I feel it. And then the line, the Wicked Witch of the West is dead. It took me, I, I said, the 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 witchity, the wit, the wickedy, she's dead. Now, the chorus, you know, they're all like looking up going, Glenda, you know, because she comes down. And they're all supposed to be frozen. And I, I always see is a bunch of. Yeah, they're shaking <laughs> uncontrollably. Yeah, and I see them and I know I'm, I'm, I'm aware enough to know that. You're not okay. That I'm not okay. And that I got to talk now. And I got a dope popular song. Um, I was horrified because I'm actually really, you know, I don't judge people for what they do. Honestly, live your best life, whatever you want to do, do your life. But for me, I just can't do, I can't do that. Yeah. Um, that show went on. Apparently I was all right. I did good. Um, I did. I think I ad lived a lot of popular. I'm not sure. The producer came back after and was like, are you okay? And by the way, I was still in a neck brace. I was still in the neck. I was in a neck brace. The whole show. Yeah. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, so the show went on. So the audience must've known something. Oh, you know, it was, I just remember trying to be like, and I, I'm sure Adina thought, wow, like, thanks. But I was trying to go on. You know, I was trying to do my job. I've obviously never done that again. And um, obviously I didn't use that doctor again. And, and and obviously I can't even, and by the way, I promptly threw up in intermission because guess what? I can't take Vicodin. It makes me sick. So anyway, that was probably the most famous and then, of course, everyone was like, does she do? No, yeah. I don't. I just was following what I, you know. What the so doctor that, said. Yeah. Right. I, have you seen any playback from that performance or anything? Have you got to see what? Because that was before you guys are young. Remember, it wasn't It wasn't this all the time. Mm, right. You know what's crazy, Kristen? Oh, I'd be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> you would be canceled. Gosh. Oh my God. I actually went to go see, I saw you when you were on in that show. Oh, I went when I was jealous. 15 and oh we, I did like a summer, like Broadway intensive and it was you and I, like Idina and I never, oh, I didn't know who you guys were, but I know. How cool. Can you believe it? We were so lucky. I, oh, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I remember being like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Cause I'm from Arizona. Like Broadway isn't huge out there, so I was like, "Oh my!" So anyways. and you got to see Kristen and Adina yeah. in it. Oh, the OGs, the OGs. The OGs. Yeah, the OGs. I'm so glad you saw it. I'm, you know, I had I had won a Tony for a show that closed the next day, so my prayer was, "Please let me be in a show that people have heard of." And um, I got, and then many years I was involved with Wicked, and remember that it was really not about the two girls. It was really Elphaba. And then mm-hmm. when um, we did act one, a reading of act one and Stephen Schwartz came up to me and was like, um, yeah, so it's going to be different. It, and it just evolved. It, it wasn't like me going, I have to be, you know, I was very much the supporting character. And then it just evolved into really the love story between two women. If you ask me, if you ask me. I totally agree. agree And that's, that's interesting to hear that it didn't start out because that was such a big part of the story for me too. I Mm -hmm. loved this sisterhood and 
the dynamic between these two characters that were so different. And so, and, and Madame Morrible started the show. She did, you know how Glinda does the narration and, and Glinda has a huge arc. I mean, it's what makes her good. She's actually wicked. It's what makes her good, but it was all Madame Morrible at first. I just came in and pop Steven goes, I wrote this song popular. You've got to do it. You can come in, kill it and leave. I was like, all right. And it turned into, and that's why I, I really love talking to young artists and saying, don't necessarily think that what you think is going to be is going to be. Don't necessarily think if they're calling for a tall chorus girl that you don't have a shot. Just don't put yourself in a box. You never know. You know, you yeah. just never know. That's Hey, it's Marsha interrupting your local broadcast to talk to you about The Bystanders. The Bystanders is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. What gets me is that HelloFresh is just a better value, like more bang for your buck, as the old folks would say. I guess I'm old here. HelloFresh is 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store and 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal without sacrificing the quality. On top of being affordable, don't get me started on on being frugal, because I really am. What sells me here is that HelloFresh cuts out that stressful meal planning and grocery store trips after quarantine. I am so sick of planning out my family's meals each week, but I just don't necessarily want to eat out. So this just cuts out all that stress. So you can enjoy and I can enjoy cooking and have dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or less. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 14Bunny and use code 14Bunny for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash 14Bunny and use code 14Bunny for 14 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And now back to our show. So they recently put up Hamilton out on Disney Plus over this quarantine period. Which, so it's, you know, it's easily accessible for people to see, including myself and my husband, who is just like, literally, he listens to Hamilton soundtrack while he works all day long. He's he's a woodworker. It's hysterical. He's obsessed. He watches it like once a week. (laughs) Anyways, so like, what are your thoughts with these Broadway shows coming to the big screen? I want them to do well because it's good for us. It's good for us, the people who love music theater and do music theater. And I saw Hamilton too. I watched it maybe three times. Um, I was proud of how they shot it. I thought the director, Tommy, did an amazing job at taking a show and putting it because it's, you guys know, it's a totally different deal. You can go see a show on Broadway and be like, this is the best thing. And then you go see the movie of it and you're like, yes. What they did is they did it. They ruined it. Yeah. And I, Dare I say PBS, but like when we did Candide for PBS, we we shot it in a way that the people at home could relate to it. So for me, I would like to see, this might not be a very popular opinion. I would like to see more shows happen the way Hamilton, the way Tommy Kale directed it, than necessarily going, I love to go to the theater. I love to see big things, but I love that it's almost like in that style 
that it's not yeah. all about the effects and not all about the, that it's the show. And it's, yes. I, I was very proud of it. And I, I hope that more people follow suit. Now, PBS used to do this a long time ago and they did, I did great performances for Candide. I've done different things and they do it like that. I like, I like that. And plus for someone, and it's just like you said, Arizona, growing up in Oklahoma, we couldn't afford to go to New York and see shows. It meant a lot for me to be able to watch stuff on, um, you know, Masterpiece Theater even, um, Mm -hmm. on, on PBS. So I would, I think people are craving it. I think, um, it, it's obviously more affordable for people in Ohio and Oklahoma and not, Think about it. If you go to New York and and believe me, I'm thrilled we're going to come back and we're going to come back stronger. And there's nothing like live performance. But since we've been in a pandemic, if you're going to do it, they did it the right way. So I'm hoping that more follow suit. Well, and you're right. I I felt like after watching that Hamilton performance on Disney Plus, it made me want to go see it even it's more mm. live mm. because they did such a good job with it. Because yeah. business helps business. And people, uh, it, it used to be like, don't do the movie for 20 years because you don't want to take away from the Broadway show. I disagree. I think it helps each other. Yeah. 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 Because there could be that other side saying, well, nobody's going to buy tickets because they're just going to watch it on the on the TV. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. I, my husband would be more inclined now to see it live because now he's seen it on Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned about Hamilton when Lin-Manuel won the Tony for In the Heights. I was the one that pre- presented it to him. Oh. And I loved In the Heights and I loved... I think he's really ahead of his time. And remember that this, this is the guy that went, screw it. I'm not going to get hired for stuff. I'm going to write my own stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he really was a trailblazer for me in a lot of ways. Showed me like how, how, you, how you can do it. And I, I remember this, this happened too. Another embarrassing moment. I, you know, when you win, you go and as a presenter, you go and you take pictures with the people and then they take mm-hmm. their pictures. I said, Lynn, how are you going to top in the Heights? How do you top in the Heights? It's so wonderful. I, I loved it. I thought it was a modern day West Side. And yeah. he said, um, well, I've got this show about Alexander Hamilton. And I said, now I have a master's degree. I have a doctorate. All right. I said, and then in the telephone, he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, I wouldn't know who Alexander Ham- Hamilton is before this either. I would have been like, who? Thank you. History lesson. Thank you. So I said, he's, he's somebody, I know he, he had something to do with the declaration and he's like, um, yeah, that might've been the beginning of the end for me. No, we love each other, but, um, he said, no, I'm actually writing this show. And, 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 and and I said, well, I said, good luck. You know, that'd be good. (laughs) I hope that works out, you know? No one knows about him, but good luck. Skip <laughs> to everything else. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so you lived in New York City for a while. You're from Oklahoma, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. How fun. Um, we're wondering, have you, living in a city like New York City, have you noticed or have you ever seen any bystander moments? Any times where something's happened, you couldn't, didn't want to, you did intervene? Any stories you have for us, bystander stories? It's so interesting because when I got this script to bystanders, the one, uh, one of the reasons I, I loved, well, I'll talk about why I love the part later, but, um, and the show. Good, one, we saved the last. Oh, good. <laughs> that's, that's all we want to hear. 
Good. Um, I didn't have a bystander moment. I, I, there's been many bystander moments, forgive me. But what I, what I did have a lot of, and I was, remember, I was like, hi, hi to everybody in New, New York. And they're like, fuck you. You know, because I just didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know not to be, you know. Too kind. <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember being yelled at um, at Starbucks because I didn't have my change ready and I started crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the lady was like, you should have had your money ready. I was like, ah. um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I know, thanks. But you know how it is in New York. And yeah, I remember oh, yeah. going so to the, having my bagel and not, not, not ever having any, a real bagel because we just don't in Oklahoma. We don't, that and going, what's that? I'll have that niche, that potato niche. And they're like, huh? So I've had my own bystander embarrassing. I this view, this lady came up to me. I had a muffin and a diet coke, and I remember walking down the street, and she had. Okay, let me just say I am my own special unicorn, and I I'm not. Um, I want to help people a lot. That is not a pat on the back. I just want to help people, and I made an assumption about somebody that was wrong, and she Ooh, came yeah. up. She came up to me, and I said, "Oh my." She was just getting ready to say something. And I said, yes, here's my muffin and my Diet Coke. Take it. She was like, I saw you in Steel Pier. You were amazing. I thought she was homeless. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sure I have been the subject of many bystander people. But what I have noticed is what I hear. So... I have had instances where I walk down the street and, you know, people are on their phone. And I remember I was new to New York and a guy was on his phone. And so this, I think of this as a bystander moment. In fact, I wanted to write a book about all the things I've heard on phones. Oh, yeah. Mm. Seriously. Um, Overheard. Lots of things happen. Death, birth, breakups. Anyway, this is what I heard. I did not give you herpes. Now there was nothing. There was nothing to do to help him, but I did thought, or the person on the other line. (laughs) I couldn't help it over here. I have a great, great man, Kristen. You need to like get a GoPro for your head when you walk in New York. That just records. Like, put it on the helmet. Record down the street every conversation you get. This is your new content for Instagram. I'm going to do that, Heather. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Oh my God. You can get them on Amazon for like, I think it's like 15 bucks. My son has one. Oh, what? They, you can, it's not that, ch- I mean. Like no, little- they sell little tiny GoPros that you can put on like a helmet. You can have cool. your own helmet or you can buy one and it's like, it just screws on or you can put like tape to it and then you can put it on your helmet and it just videos. Oh, I'm doing that. I'm doing that. Okay. Because I mean, you guys, I've heard like, don't break up with me. I mean, I've heard, I've heard, you know, I, I, I remember there was one girl, actually, this is a bystander moment. And I did, I was there. There was one girl that was sobbing hysterically on the phone. This was, oh, I want to say five or so years ago. And, um, she was sobbing and I just, I just had to go to her. You know, I said, are you okay? Are you okay? And she's like, you know, my mom's in the hospital and she's really sick and I'm talking to her now. I was like, Oh, hi mom. Like, uh, are, are you, I said, yes, yes, I am. And she's like, will you talk to my mom? I was like, yeah. So I got on the phone. I was like, hi mom. 
listen, my mom had cancer too. It's all going to be fine. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, those, that was a, a cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, gosh. The, the connectedness that we all do have of like these moments where we feel the same emotions and we can mm-hmm. relate in that way. And, and just you seeing like, oh, someone is sad. Like, let me be, let me hold space for them. Let me, let me be. Be a, a shoulder. Yeah, yeah. And you know, what's the worst thing they can do? Get away. You know, so what? I live in New York. I'm used to it. Yeah, you're used <laughs> to it. Yeah. Yeah. But um if if the pandemic hasn't even made me more so that way. I mean, I I've had a lot of lot a lot a lot of loss this year, but it has also given me such a time to really do the things that I I do things that I love to do. Don't get me wrong. I take parts that I know I'm going to want to do. But I've also been able to look at, I I know this sounds really weird, but like nature. I'm not really, I'm not more of a four seasons girl, but I've I've noticed things now like, you know, fireflies and hummingbirds. And I just, it's just life, life looks different now. It looks different now. Yeah. So interesting how that happens. Like when, yeah, you, you have loss in your life or you're going through depression or anxiety or something and things, not that there's a silver lying lining to it, but it's like things sort of light up. Like you never saw it light up before. And I don't know, there's light and there's darkness and it's just helps you see the light and more of like a shinier way, I guess. I've definitely noticed that a lot of people have over this last year and everything that we've all been through, just, you can tell who is trying to see the silver lining and who isn't. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it can go, you know, you know, both ways. And as somebody who, and this isn't something I talk about a great deal of because nobody wants to hear this um, because it seems like it's rainbows and unicorns and and, and I am a basically overall happy person, but I have battled depression in my life. Uh, and I have that. And I know I have that and I work on it. And there are days where I go, okay, it's going to be that kind of day. And I'm just going to live in it. And then next day, I'm going to pull up my panties and I'm going to go outside. I'm going to mm-hmm. get over it. Um, but this year has really, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you guys um, feel me on that because, you know, I lost my my very best friend. And then just not just recently, I lost my, my longtime mentor and uh, voice teacher. And, and that, that was a life well lived. But when someone's your age that you grew up with um, passes, it really makes, um, and, and, you know, Heather, I know, I know you ladies have had lost too. Heather, um, you've had, you know, I was a, I was a guest on your show. But I felt like a mother hen and I. You were, you absolutely were. And I love, I love each and every one of you. And to have the loss that, that, that Cass has had has been, you know, tough. And and I wasn't close to Naya, but I, I did have a very, very good, helpful, wonderful conversation. I think I was able to help her one time with her. And um, it just seems like it's a shame. It's just a shame. And so life is precious. And we got to live it. Thank Amen. You for, thank you for, <laughs> for leaving us with that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Great. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Me again. <laughs> <laughs> I am learning how to do this. Um, <laughs> um, do you have any outrageous neighbor stories you can share with us? Any? Yeah. Ooh. What was that? Yes, I do. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and 
fantastic. <laughs> it's a funny question because many people maybe still live next to their neighbors who yeah. were asking. And don't want to say. And yeah. don't want to talk about it. And Definitely. so it's kind of like a delicate subject or they're trying to be like the better person. It's like, I get it, but we still want to hear your stories. I could say one now, but I, I think I'll, I'll hold off on that one. I um and and actually a, a song that was that was written for me was born out of an idea because of my apartment situation that I'm about to tell you. Uh, it's a, it's a song called "The Girl in 14G," where I sing um, a, a jazz singer, an opera singer, and a belter, and they all live in above, middle, and below, and they compete because they're in New York and, you know, shut up, right? It was uh, written by Janine Tesori and Dick Scanlon for me early on. This was early. Heather, you weren't born yet. I think I was, I don't know. I had just won the Tony for Charlie Brown. Anyway, for, for my very first album, but it happened because of my neighbors. Above me was a cellist, and below me was an opera singer. A mezzo. A mezzo. So, um, how dare her? But he would practice. I'm not a morning person, but I, I also would get up and warm up, but I usually would sleep till about 10 or 11 and then get my day going, whatever it was, unless I had a job. The opera singer and the cellist, the, the cellist woke up early and he practiced. So I would hear that. And then I would get up and warm up and he would bang on with his stick to shut up. And then about <laughs> four o'clock, the Met singer below me would start warming up with like Tosca or Wagner or something. And I would be like, like, I'm trying to learn my lines. He's trying to practice. And it became this battle of who's going to get up first and, you know, do their thing. Because, you know, this was early on and, you know, the walls were thin. You didn't have noise canceling earbuds. (laughs) I didn't have noise canceling earbuds and neither did they. So um, that, that was quite irritating. Right. Now, 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 as far as murder or anything like that, no, I haven't had it. Well, see, that's what we were looking for. We, we just want to know if you murdered anybody. <laughs> not yet. So um, not just yet. As actors, we spend so many years auditioning and rehearsing and practicing and killing ourselves to get roles. And then eventually, God willing, we get offered roles. And, and that's a wonderful sweet spot. Um, and it's kind of crazy because... We, believe it or not, I don't know if we told you this last time, but when we were writing it, we had you in mind for Bunny. And we were just over the moon when we found out that you were willing to do it. So I just wanted to know, what is your process with picking stuff these days? Um, I did. You all did mention that to me. And I, um, of course, that is all we're actors. So we, our egos are like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see me. Yeah. <laughs> you see me for who I am. Um, here's, I don't know if, um, this is a really, a, a, a becoming way that I decide the very first question I ask myself is if I say no, and I'm sitting at home and I'm watching it on TV or in a theater, am I going to be pissed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's a big one. That's a good barometer gauge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. Um, also I wouldn't, you know, I love just roles that are, that are, um, you know what that is and you know that, but I, I, I'm, uh, I like a complicated, uh, sort of character and, um, I, I, I don't, I seem to more excel with them. And I think that says a lot of why I'm in therapy, but I think, um, 
<laughs> you know, like, for example, when Ryan, Ryan uh, asked me to do A for Roads and he's like, you know, she's a has-been drunk who still got talent. I was like, this is good. This is good. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> um, and just recently, this, this Schmigadoon character I play, I'm like, this is a KC role. So I do look at, that's the very first question I ask myself. The second thing I'm going to ask myself is, am I going to steal from myself or or am I going to use trickery or am I going to pull from an arsenal of of skill? Because I don't want to repeat myself. That's always hard. That is tough. Oh yeah. And so that's the second thing I do. Sometimes I'll do roles that nobody will see me in so that I can grow. Yeah. I like that choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm getting ready to do a movie that many women could play. Many women could play the role. Uh, but I've just done Schmigadoon and this is totally different. And I would like to show that layer. So those are, those are ways I look at parts. Now, of course, to me, the writing is the most important thing. So if the writing is not great, I'm not going to do it. So when I got the bystanders, um, first of all, the concept appealed to me because of the stories that I told you about what I heard on the street and still do. So the concept was good. So you won there, but then you actually delivered with the writing. So the writing and, and everybody thinks it's the music with me, but I, my, my Broadway debut wasn't a play. I've done more plays than, so I look at the text. I look at the character and then I decide. That makes sense. Writing is so important. I think uh, writing is the foundation. It's the first thing that has to be there if it's going to have a chance, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And you know, when you're in a bomb, you're, you know, when you're going, oh man, this is crap, you know? So I'm, and I've lived longer than you ladies. So I've, I've learned more from the bombs I've been in than I, than I have from the successes. Yeah. I was going to say, is it really worth it to take those chances? You get to an age where you just are like, I'm not going to do this shitty movie because I've done this so many times and I know it's not worth it. These two week shoots that you get five, six scenes in a day that are six pages. And then by the end, they cut like a full scene and you're like, I can't do this anymore. Cause that's, this is, it tears the the heart out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Usually when that happens, they don't, what, what is a little frightening sometimes is when they don't know what they want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, no. I can just, I see a lot of rushed scripts these days. Well, I think, I, I do feel like there's a like low grade temperature here of hurry up, hurry up or content, content, content. And I think we have to be really careful, but that's another thing when the bystanders, you know, when I'm having fun in a part and you, and you guys gave me the freedom to, you have to not be afraid to fail with your people so that you can get to the win. And I am never one that is afraid to fail. I will make an idiot myself so that I can know that, well, that's not going to work, but this will work. I think you said that when we were doing it. I think you were like, I'll take this really far. And then you tell me when you want me to step back. And it was gold. Yeah. You had ideas and you had, you wanted to play. And that's what we love. We want that environment. And then maybe five of them are great. But I'm been, I also realize in this climate, I need to say, this is very important. I have been given the opportunity to, with great writers, producers, other actors to allow me to do that. And when that is, that's also a perfect, beautiful storm when you're allowed to be in a safe place to play. That's the only way you can 
you know, there's a thing that Dolly says. I love her more than anything. She says, find out who you are and do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I've kind of, the one skill I've always kind of known is that. Now, I, I make other mistakes like ambient waiting. And- sure. <laughs> yeah, but you're such but- a free bird. I'm a free mm-hmm. bird. I think all of us are yeah. free birds. And it's like, it's so hard to be caged and like Way being told what to do and getting on a set where you're like, you have... 20,000 rules that you have to follow mm, yeah. and you just feel like you can't be yourself. And it's like, no, I just literally want to fly and like have fun <laughs> with everybody around me. And that's the art. That's how you create the character. That's how it yeah. comes. Yes. You yes. guys know. So, you know, again, to your, to the people who are seeing this, who want to do what we are doing, please, please don't let yourself be stifled. And if you're stifled and, and, and I'm not saying I, I have to be careful here because I'm not talking about entitlement. Yes. We all have to learn. And sometimes, like I said, from the biggest bombs I've, I've learned the most. Or it's but, like, you know, don't quit your job just because you feel like you need to fly free. It's like, well, just find the best tools within your job to fly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That should be on a shirt. <laughs> Because that really is the, the key. I'm when I when I teach or when I do a master class and kids will go, how do I become famous? I'm like, I don't know. I can tell you how to become good. I can tell you about process. I can tell you about character study and blah, blah, blah. but I can, if you do a sex tape, go do a reality show if you want to be famous. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. But if you want to do, do fame, you don't really want to do what I do. So I don't know how to help you there. Yeah. Yeah. My niece yeah. asked me that one one day. She was like, Heather, I want to be famous. And I'm like, It's such a hard, it's such a hard thing to answer. I'm like, honestly, babe, I've been famous and it's probably the worst position you'll ever be in. I'm like, you'll never be happy. So you can learn from me and then go do good things. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if it stuck. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't, but you know that she'll have to learn. She'll have to learn. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She'll find her way. If like that's what she really wants. Yeah. She'll find her way just like we all have. Let the work yes. speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so, thank so you. freaking much for being an amazing guest and a yeah. freaking kick-ass artist. I know. You are such, such a, a wonderful person. <laughs> thank you. I'm so glad that, that we did this. And um, I'll be in New Orleans shooting next Friday. But Heather or one of y'all... Text me, let me know how it, how it goes, received. I know it's going to be amazing. I have a feeling this is the beginning of a, of a really cool thing. And Aww. I have a really good feeling about it. And I don't always say, actually, I, don't, I very rarely say that. So just keep doing you, okay? Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so, 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 so much for listening, everyone. If you're already caught up on the Bystanders episodes, there's no one stopping you from listening again. Literally, there's nobody. We all thank you from the bottom of our hearts and thank you for sharing. Thank Thank you. you.